Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry, not EP Graphic, and that's the stoner. And this is the day after reckoning where we here on Ref the District break down the game the day after Washington plays. And uh, it's it was a doozy, a 2020 tie. Yep, hindsight's 2020, Heineke's 2020 in this case. We bring this live to you every day after Washington plays on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at 7.30 Eastern live. And uh, again, no Trev here because Trev is taking care of business at the Sky Bar. You can catch him at in Lexington at the Sky Bar. If you mention Ref the District, you will get yourself one free drink on us. That's right. All you have to do is mention Ref the District. Your first drink is on us. That's there at the Sky Bar in Lexington. We're also brought to you by Pacers Running. For every run, they've got you taken care of. All you have to do is go out to Pacers Running. You can get yourself a virtual fitting and order your shoes online, and they will take care of you because they love your feet more than you do. And then, of course, Manscaped. Head out to manscaped.com. Use the promo code REF for 20% off. Get yourself free shipping with that as well. Holidays coming up. You want to make sure that you are looking fresh for those holidays because that is important. It might just kind of spice up your little love life there. It was a spicy day yesterday, Stoner. I'm sorry you missed it. And that is the key question everybody wants to know. Is the furniture in the house okay there at the Stoner household? Um, Nothing got broken. <laughs> uh, let's see. There were uh, plenty of fist pumps. There was a lot of foot stomping. A few things may have got thrown across the room, but nothing broken. So I think that's a win on this side. It was kind of even, kind of like the game. Everything kind of evened out. So some good stuff happened. Some bad stuff happened at the house, but nothing was broken. Even Steven. It's kind of like a tie. That That is the case. We do have some news to break to you. I know you were trying to watch our, our stream yesterday, you were taking care of family in the area. Uh, so you might not have heard, but you were fired. From uh, what job? You were being replaced on the graphics. EP is going to take that job as EP was on point. As soon as hey. things happened, it was click right there. She did it for us. We didn't have to, to wait. No one was yelling at scoreboard. It was, and so I'm just I'm sorry to let you go in in, in such a public setting like this. Oh, oh no, I'm so <laughs> heartbroken. I am very upset and despondent over being fired. That sucks. <laughs> now we do appreciate EP jumping in, and if yep. uh, if she's available, I'm sure we'll use that uh, that uh, going on here. We got several people in the chat to include EP looking good in that Chase Young jersey and the. Uh, uh, and her profile pick there, Mike Lee in the house, Craig and Metaphor all here. Absolutely, uh, Mike. It's uh, it was kind of annoying that we tied. I mean, how did you? You kind of talked a little bit about it, Stoner, about yeah. kind of uh, you know, kind of there's some ups, there's some downs. It ended in a tie. What did you feel about this game? Well, uh, kind of overall is that uh, I thought Washington kicked New York's Giants' ass all over the field. Up and down the field, but as has been the case in most of the games so far this year, this offense is just absolutely holding this team back from doing great things this year. This defense is incredible. Now, they weren't perfect yesterday. They let Daniel Jones kind of get out 
in space and let him complete a lot of passes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But look what they did in the second half, Nathan. They came back in the second half. The Giants had 19 plays for 21 yards in the second half. They did nothing in the second half. They They had 20 yards on the one drive after Heineke fumbled to start the third quarter. Five plays, 20 yards, ended in a touchdown. And so from there on, they had 14 plays for a grand total of one yard. Yep, the three and out. Yeah, well, three and out with their next drive, right? So three yeah. plays, nine yards, punt. Then a three plays, negative five yards, punt. Four plays, negative two yards, punt. Three plays, zero yards, punt. And then the end of the half. By the way, that last drive of theirs completely baffling to me. Mm, mm. Uh, there was just a lot of questionable decision-making from, from most everyone in this one. But – they take the ball at the start the, with that drive at their 25 yard line. One minute, 45 seconds left. They call three deep passes, incomplete all of them, and punt the ball back to Washington with 128 left to go. Mm-hmm. I'm, and if Percy Butler doesn't get called for unnecessary roughness. Mm-hmm. They 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 are in good position. To they're at the 24 yard line. They need in a minute 28. They just needed a little bit, and at that point, Washington was doing all right. I mean, they 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 went 26 yards, not great, um, but they they had a chance there in regulation. Washington did. So did the Giants, and and this was what was weird to me. This tie, like it was like nobody wanted to win. Mm. The play calling at the end was crazy. You have Giants play calling that's that you know that way where they're calling these three deep passes when they have all the time in the world to march down three timeouts, mm-hmm. and instead they give Washington the chance to win. Washington, yeah. no, nah, I don't really want to win. Let's go into overtime, and that's how their play calling worked out. And then in the overtime, you we we kind of talked about this on Twitter, and this was kind of the big talk. That play calling at the end was scared play calling. It was absolutely playing to to tie the game. What can you make of bronze? We're not going to talk about the Giants. We'll 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 have authentic on for next week, not this week. Next week, mm-hmm. uh, kind of talk about that play calling and where they are mindset wise. But for Ron Riverboat, Ron he went for it on fourth and four, and then kind of went cold. The rest well, he, he had to go for it on fourth and four because they were down seven at the time. When he went for it, that was his only time going for it on fourth down. So they had to on that one. But the rest of the game, I thought they were, they were, yeah, the play calling was kind of all over the place during that time. But uh, I was, I was okay with that third down, third and 10 from your own 10, I believe it was. Uh, People will correct me if I don't have that perfectly, but I think it was third and 10 from their own 10. With less oh, than a minute the left. With Gibson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. You cannot. Yes, it is scared play calling, but it's scared play calling because look what you have going for you and what you have to lose if you don't run that play. Because you're going to allow, if it's an incomplete pass, you're going to stop the clock for the Giants. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to give them that opportunity to have more time on the clock so where they could have gotten possibly closer. Yeah, but the play that, calling that was, was atrocious yeah. on both sides. That was their last drive in overtime. It was three plays yeah. for five yards. It was first and 10 at the Washington 10. Heineke was sacked 
for negative eight yards. Mm-hmm. Brian Robinson does a left end for eight yards, fumbles, but the ball goes out of bounds. Mm-hmm. More on those fumbles later. Yeah. Uh, and then Gibson at third and 10 just ran it up the middle for five yards. I was okay with that. Yep. I know a lot of people were not okay with that. I was okay with that because yeah, again, at that, yeah, at that point in time, there was one twenty three left to go on the clock. Right. If, if you if you do what the Giants did and you pass you pass mm-hmm. the ball, it's incomplete. You're giving them a whole minute in overtime where all they need is that field goal. That's right. Which, by the way, you were having a you know you were having a great defensive game, but you started kind of having some slip up there as there was. The, the drive before they drove for 36 yards. And then this was another one by the Giants mm-hmm. where it was just a weird, they, it's fourth and three. You think that they're going to, to go for it. And instead they take the delay of game at the yeah. Washington 45. Yeah. So instead, instead of taking a, what would that have been? A 55 yard uh, kick at that point? Well, it'd have been like a 62 yarder, I think. 62 yarder? I mean, from the 45. Left to go in, in uh, overtime. I think you at least go for it. What was yeah. it, fourth and three? Fourth and 45? three. Yeah, I think you go for it there. You have to. But and, and what was the big talk at the beginning of the year for the Giants? Was coaching matters. Brian Dable is coaching circles around the rest of the league and everything. He wasn't coaching circles around the rest of the league. They were playing uh, way above their talent and beating some team. They were beating the same teams that Washington's beating, all the bad teams. But they had a couple of good games there where they beat Baltimore. Uh, they beat Tennessee in the first game of the year uh, when they went for two at the last play of the game and, and got that. So I always thought that they were a little bit – they weren't as good as their record. So if you want to call that, um, you know, they're a little bit fraudulent. I kind of thought they were. I'm not saying Washington's better. I'm just saying I didn't think the Giants were that great. And then they're kind of showing it now as these last few weeks have shown. They're not that great. When they have to throw the ball, just like with Washington, when they have to throw the ball, trouble. You don't want Daniel Jones throwing the ball that much. And then, but the, the whole Washington thing, what really baffled me about this game is that for week after week after week during this winning streak, and what was it, six out of seven that they had won, they had figured out to run the ball to max protect or or put two tight ends, in, and then they got away from that. Right. Next thing you know, you're, they're trying to uh, they're trying to protect Heineke with five offensive linemen, who we know they're not good at that. And that spelled doom for this team because Heineke's not that guy. Heineke can't go back there 41 times and expect to have great results. So the play calling was everywhere. I don't understand what was going on in this game. I don't understand what this team was thinking, what Rivera and Scott Turner were trying to prove to everybody. I don't know. But they got away from what they do well, which is run the ball with two tight ends and just pound people into submission. And then Mac max protect when you have to and have two or three guys out in the in the pattern and they got away from it and i don't get it i don't understand why that happened i mean i think part of that was because they ended up down uh they were up 10 to nothing end up Mm -hmm. finding themselves down 20 to 13 and needed to score with a certain amount of time and that was part of the problem and and i like ht here i'm going to start calling halftime although i do ask you if one favor if you can phonetically in the comments section Give me how to pronounce your name, and so I can stop being an idiot and start stop calling you HT. 
but uh, uh, thanks uh, to this one, this comment here from uh, from our man HT. Well, is Turner the weak link? I mean, JDR has turned it around. Why hasn't Turner? And if so, who could we look at to replace him? I don't know if we're ready to replace him. I like a lot of yeah, Scott Turner designs. This the execution still is kind of lacking, and, and then there are some, like you said, getting away from the run. There, you had a successful run game. Brian Robinson Jr. twenty one carries for ninety six yards. Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson nine carries thirty nine yards. Both of those were uh, over you know the four point yards per carry, which means you run it three times, you're getting a first down. Curtis Samuel, who I called in the beginning of the game, I said I just feel like Curtis Samuel is going to have a twenty yard rush. He had a twenty yard rush, and Washington mm-hmm. wasted that effort. And overtime, but uh, unfortunately, 36 times running the ball yesterday to 41 pass attempts. Yeah, and I know part of that is the fact that they were down and needing to yeah. get back into it. Of course. But what in the world? But they weren't down like 14 points. They were only down a touchdown. Uh, no, do the HT. Okay, so HT. Um, is Scott Turner the, the weak link is what HT is asking us, right? Yeah. He can be. Oh, I can't believe this light. Yeah, he still does some uh, some of those bizarre play calling that yeah. you, that you the, hate to see the double double reverse on a third and short. Right. the The weak link is is really simple to me. The weak link is the offensive line slash pass protection. That's your worst part of your team right now. You've got a backup right tackle. You have a backup right guard. Okay, you have a backup center, and then on the left side you have Charles Leno and Andrew Norwell, and we know Norwell's not not that great, especially in pass protection. That's what you have. You have backups from the center all the way to the right. Next week you're probably going to be without Larson. You're going to be down to your third string center again, like they did last year, and you're going to be down to your third string guard because Cosme's probably out again. And you still you got Cornelius Lucas as your backup right tackle, right? So who wasn't even playing? That wasn't the that wasn't the right tackle this week. What do you mean? He Cornelius Lucas wasn't the right tackle. Yeah, he was. And Cosme was playing right guard because Trey Turner was out. Who did I see on the the starting lineup though? On it, it was, was a different. It was a different. It was a different name. I swear. I swear to goodness. I know I'm getting yeah. old and senile. Yeah, but. you're getting senile. But that, but that's the that's the weak link with this team. So what Scott Turner has done well in the last month and a half, in these last six or seven games, he has recognized this weak link, and he knows he can't have his offense running that way with those just those guys. So he's had Cole Turner in there. He's had Logan Thomas in there. He's had John Bates in there to help protect Heineke to help with the run game. He's had two and three tight ends in the game at a time. And he got away from it this week. And I understand that that they had they were playing from behind the entire second half, but they weren't again, they weren't 14 points behind, they weren't 17 points behind. They were one touchdown behind. You can stick with that game plan. And in the first half, you look at the tape. You didn't see that you you still didn't see the two tight ends blocking for most of the run plays. You just had the five guys, and you had guys, you had these tight ends going out for passes. And it doesn't make sense to why he did that. But that's the that's the problem. Then you have uh Tyler Larson get hurt. Then you have Cosme get hurt. Now you're gonna be 
you're going to have your second, third string guys all along your offensive line, and that's trouble. That's why you need John Bates in there. That's why you need Logan blocking. As good of cat pass-catching tight ends these guys are supposed to be, you need them to help protect Heineke. Heineke can't go back 41 times and expect this team to win. You just can't do it. And that's what they did this week, and I think that's the biggest reason they ended up with a tie. I mean, I, you're not wrong. They did allow a lot of, I mean, the, I and pass protection, the O-line, you're saying. Because, yeah, because they, they opened up holes for the run. They they did a lot of their job there. Mm-hmm. But they definitely fall. And I kind of agree with Caleb here. The coaching staff was tricked by the top 10 O-line, top 5 O-line. Who, said, uh, who was saying this? Statistically, Washington had one of the better lines last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Caleb, yeah, Caleb saying, uh, you know, talking about how the coaching staff was tricked and thinking that this line was really good because it was ranked as like a top 10, top five O line and never fixed it when Taylor made them look better. And this is one of those things that we talked about here is the reason why the offense the, or the line looked better last year is because they were also doing the things that the playbook allowed. Now you also had an all pro, you know, guard on there. Mm-hmm. And as much as people and, and it's probably right not to pay him sheriff that kind of money. Yeah. But you, losing that level of talent, you're just not you're going to get worse. Not right. having your starting center again. And this is what what scares me going forward with this offensive unit is Yeah. Nick Martin is going to be responsible for calling, you know, the the pass protection. Nick you Martin's know, I, going to be responsible for giving the ball to Taylor Heineke, and that's that's a problem. That was shown <laughs> to be a problem when he was he, playing earlier this year. He did have, you know, maybe maybe he's fixed those issues. I mean, they they has had they had uh, a plus size male model who was playing center at one point for them last year. Surely mm-hmm. Nick Martin can uh, can hold down the fort for a little bit but to me yeah. it's that the that unit needs to play as one and a lot of that comes from the center calling out some of that that path the 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 protection mm-hmm. that's supposed to be there now Heineke's supposed to kind of get in there as well or at least most QBs get in there and they help call out you know they hey there's the mic and they hey watch this to kind of help the the line shift and everything but they're all taking their their cue from that person, and now you're going to be missing that person. You're going to have Cosme, who's who was already shifted away from his right tackle uh, position to play mm-hmm. guard, which we all know that I dislike. Mm-hmm. So find some other solution. Now, don't ruin your right guard of the future or right tackles future by shifting him inside. And instead, that's what they had to because who are you going to start? Sadiq Charles is he is he not is he injured or is there something else going on? Like he's, he's just not good. He's just he's, not a good. He's not good. I mean, we're going to have to start Chris Paul, and I'm not talking about the point god. I'm talking about the seventh round rookie who has been behind all of these people that the fans have been trashing. I yeah. do, I do feel like they get an unfair rap because I. They do things well sometimes, right? Like we talked about the run game. They do that well. Even in pass protection, Charles Leno uh, talked about this in his little skit as a uh, as a news anchor. Their two la- their last two wins prior to the Giants, Giants, Heineke wasn't sacked once. That's right. Not one time. So they were doing something right. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that something right is what, what you had brought up, and that's just not trusting Heineke back there. That's right. And running. Throwing the ball 20 yeah. times, 22 times. You didn't get a times. chance to say it yesterday, so I'm going to give you the chance mm-hmm. to say it. What is it? They gotta, what do they got to do, Stoner? Run the 
and ball. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, it's, it's that simple. And they just, they, they didn't do enough of that. Every, last, every offensive lineman, week. every single one, you ask every single offensive lineman, they want to go forward. Okay. They want to hit a guy. They don't want to back up and get hit. So all offensive linemen are better at run blocking. That's a, that's a no brainer, but here is a, here is a hot take. Mm, I don't know if it's really a hot take. This offensive line is not very good at run blocking. They're they're not. We, they get a lot of praise for the run blocking when you look at the stats and you look at what Robinson has done this last two weeks, 100-plus yards and then 96 yards. There, there's not a lot of holes there, okay? They're bouncing them. He's breaking tackles, which is what all backs do. I totally get that, but he's very good at it. So they, they don't have a lot of holes that they're running through. So – I, I kind of uh, I take issue with people saying that they're very good at run blocking. I don't think they are actually very good at it. And if they keep doing these these uh, end arounds, these um, uh, wide receiver, what jet sweeps, right? Didn't Samuel have a twenty something yarder? Yeah, twenty one yard sweep. Jet was sweep. that a jet sweep? That was a right. jet sweep. They got to keep doing stuff like that. That helps pad stats, but also you know that's effective. That's helping your offensive line which is not very good by tricking it up a little bit by having Curtis all this motion that they constantly have so I I I do take a little bit of issue with people saying that they're good at run blocking I don't think they're actually that good at it they're not very good offensive linemen you want Charles Leno there because he's a good left tackle he's not a great left tackle he's not terrible okay he almost got Heineke killed yesterday that wasn't because that wasn't was his bad. fault, though. Yeah, it wasn't because he's fault. bad. It's because it was a communication issue. Yes, right. The, commu- so, the the protection was called. He blocked the person he was supposed to block. Heineke's supposed to know that that guy is going to be coming. Unblocked, right? Unblocked. It's his job to get the ball out before that guy, and he yeah. didn't. He didn't do it. Yeah, so but again, I mean, communication. He but Charles Leno is getting beat up for that a lot. I appreciated Jen, uh, who, who who we've had on the the channel. She. She popped in on Twitter and she was just like, "Get off my man!" Like, because <laughs> right, right. so, there was a professional who broke it down, you know, and, and what it was, they, and they moved uh, short to who it was. And so she was just like, "See, Twitter, Twitter uh, line line judges, right, right. Here, here you go." And it because and, it's right, it's it's not wasn't his fault. You can tell that's not who he, he sees the guy th- lining up three yards away from him. Right, right. He deliberately blocks the guy he's supposed to block. Yeah, and. No one else thought, hey, maybe you know Heineke wasn't like, oh yeah, maybe I should get this ball out quick as I'm sitting at you know with the end zone to my backside. Mm-hmm. But you know, a- Andrew Norwell, he's not a great uh, guard. He's he's just not. There's a reason. He's a journeyman. I, he's know, a journeyman. He's a he's a jag. Yes, he's a jag. You gotta. I want to make sure that we're we're stressing. You know, we're not necessarily we're not harping on these professionals who are top 10% of what they do mm-hmm. in the world. In the world, that's right. So when we're calling them not good, I want to make sure we, people understand that we're we're saying that, you know, NFL may be below average guard right. for that. It's, so they're, they're journeymen for a reason. Yeah, that's relative. And, yeah. and and like I said, they're they're journeymen. These these are these are, you know, people that Washington picked up, up off the street. Trey Turner, 
uh, Andrew Norwell, even Charles Leno was somebody who they picked up from Chicago last year. Yeah. Who developed into a good left tackle. That's he's right. not Trent Williams. He's, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, not gonna make the all pro, uh, but he's a good left tackle. Yeah. He's more then, than serviceable. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got, there's a reason that Tyler Larson, who has done extremely well to kind of solidify the center position when when uh, uh, Ruye went down and then they had the the Zach, not Zach Martin, but Nick Martin, right? Yeah, Nick Martin. I wish we had Zach Martin, but we had Nick Martin and then we had Wes Schweitzer playing center. That didn't go well, right? There's a reason Tyler Larson is a backup center, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's fine. He's average to probably below average, but he was doing fine. And then you have, like you said, Cosme, he's playing out of position. He's supposed to be a right tackle, but your right guard, Trey Turner's hurt, who wasn't that good to begin with. And then you've got Cornelius Lucas, who's not supposed to be playing. The only reason he's playing is because Cosme was hurt, right? So you've got all of that issues going on with your offensive line. And again, what Scott Turner has done really well in the last month, month and a half, two months, is he has devised plays to overcome the weaknesses that he has. And that has led to the success that the team has had over the last month and a half. Whereas this particular game, for whatever reason, he got away from it. And I thought he got away from it early. I know he definitely got away from it late when they were down, but he got away from it again, early in the third quarter, you're down. Well, it was 13 all. And what, what happened is Heineke got, Hit back there. It was a five-man protection. There was no extra help, and he's scrambling around, running around, and what happens? He gets hit. He fumbles. They're 20 yards away from the end zone, and they easily score. Now you're playing catch-up the rest of the game. Yeah, they had a Curtis Samuel right tackle for two yards. Heineke pass incomplete, and then uh, Taylor Heineke sacked, which meant that it was another pass play. So Mm -hmm. you open it up with two pass plays Mm -hmm. to to one running, and, uh, and you paid for it. The next drive, they had Robinson up the middle, Robinson left guard, Robinson left end, Antonio Gibson right guard, Brian Robinson right guard, uh, Brian Robinson right guard, and then this is where the penalties hit. Okay, this yeah, is the drive the penalties hit. Notice what I just said there. How many plays in a row like was that running the ball? Yep. Brian Robinson. Let's see. Let's count. Let's count them up real quick. Brian Robinson. Show your fingers. Brian. Brian Robinson up the middle. That's number one. Brian Robinson left guard. Brian Robinson left in. Antonio Gibson right guard. Brian Robinson right guard. Brian Robinson right guard. And then you had a penalty. Uh, false start penalty. Okay. So by the way, in that there were starts at first and ten. There's a first down. There's a first down. Two first downs off of how many running? How many times running? Six times in a row. Six times in a row. Mm-hmm. That's effective play calling. Then you that then you get the ball all the way down to the 32-yard line. You get the false start. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you take what was a second <clears throat> and eight to make a second and 13. Yep. And you do a short pass to Terry McLaurin, who takes it for 15 yards. First down. Thank you, Fabian Monroe. Uh, another first down. Then you have Antonio Gibson. Then Curtis Samuel. Uh, however, penalty Logan Thomas illegal block above the waist, which a horrible call. Um, I thought it was fine. He blocked him in the back. 
I mean, it was kind of in the scrum of everything that's going on, but he blocked him in the back. Is that called on every play? Absolutely not. It was a penalty. By the letter, by by the book, by the letter of the law, it was definitely a penalty. Seems weird that they called it at that time and in that situation. Yeah, it took away another first down. Yep. And then he had Taylor Heineke sacked right after that. And then yep. Taylor Heineke, you know, short pass just to get it out there. But that when, that should have been a another opportunity to, you know, put points on the board. And instead, you washed it away. What you can't, what this team cannot do, they're incapable of doing, is overcoming those types of penalties. They can once in a while. You know, they'll they'll get a big pass play, like you said, on the, after that false start. They had that play to Terry, who stretched out for 15 yards. On it. They can do it once in a while, but this offense is not built for that. Well, the quarterback is not built for this. The offensive line is not built for big plays, for, you know, explosive pass plays, for coming back from 14 or 17 down. They don't have that in them with this quarterback. Not with this quarterback, not with the quarterback that's still sitting there with the bad finger or whatever, and not the quarterback that was drafted in the fifth round. None of those three can do what this team needs to do to overcome the inefficiencies on the offensive line and whenever they get backed up behind the sticks. But as long as they can continue to run the ball and continue to get those first downs that way, then they can be effective. Are they beating the better teams in this league? Not consistently. Not with this quarterback. You have to have at least a decent quarterback who can overcome those deficiencies that this team has. And you look at Taylor's stat line, he had a great stat line. I mean, he had uh, okay. it was 75, bad. two touchdowns, no picks, right? He had a quarterback rating over 100. Yeah, QBR 27.8, though. Yeah, he Took was five not sacks. He averaged 6.7 yards. You know, because yeah. he threw it for 40, 41 attempts. Yeah, you don't want to. He only had 275. It was not not a great day by any means. Not yeah, bad. Was, yeah, the stat line, though, was pretty good. But but if you watch the game, he was not. He was missing so many open receivers. He was oh, throwing yeah. high. Why was he throwing high? He's too short. He can't see over the line, so he has to throw it. And and I know oh, and he has, he has bad mechanics. Know. Okay, he just the has mechanics are pretty. The mechanics are inconsistent. That. Inconsistent because there's some time mm-hmm. where he gets behind that ball and it looks and he zips it. it. Yeah, it looks great. Right, and then he just goes back to some poor mechanics. Here's one from uh, uh, a stat here for Taylor Heineke in the final four minutes of fourth mm-hmm. quarter this season. This mm-hmm. is thanks to Al Galdi, by the way. Uh, he's 17 of 22 for 223 yards. That's 10 yards an attempt. Mm-hmm. A TD, no interceptions, and also has a rushing TD to his name on there. He has two fourth quarter comebacks in 2022 and five since the start of 2021. Mm-hmm. Why can't we get the final four minutes of a fourth quarter Taylor Heineke all the time? What yeah. is holding him back? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's mental, you know, if it's something that's blocking in his brain. I don't get it. I don't know why he can't do that the entire game. Listen, that last drive that he had, that not his last drive, but the drive to tie the game mm-hmm. when you absolutely had to have it, he was brilliant on that drive. That's the best drive he's probably ever had as a Washington commander. 
He was fantastic in that drive. He did everything right. That fourth down pass to Curtis Samuel was spectacular. Rolling left, running for his life, throwing back across his body right to Curtis Samuel. Yeah, a, that a, a drive throw that we've seen him miss earlier in the game. Yes. Absolutely just nailed it there. This last drive, eight plays, 90 yards, took one minute and 58 off the clock, which is important because they only had 343 to start with. Mm-hmm. It was a Heineke pass to, to Terry McLaurin, who took it for a first down. You had another first down, so Taylor Heineke passes a short to Curtis Samuel for six yards. Incomplete pass looking at Jahan Dotson. Incomplete pass looking at Jahan Dotson. And then that was that fourth and fourth play that you just mentioned. Goes for 20 yards to Curtis Samuel. First and 10. Taylor Heineke pass short to Jahan Dotson. No gain. Taylor Heineke, which by the way, that I, that I someone else mentioned it. Those wide receiver screens just need to stop. It. <laughs> yeah, just need to stop. It. That's yeah. what that one was. We're lucky that that uh, Jahan Dotson uh, didn't get killed out there. Uh, Two-minute warning hits. You're at the 47-yard line. He passes deep left. To Curtis Samuel, 25 yards, and then it was Jahan Dotson time. Gets it short middle. Jahan Dotson just whoop right by a guy in for the touchdown. Make sure we give Jahan Dotson the credit for that touchdown because he did more work than Taylor Heineke. But Mm -hmm. to your point, Taylor Heineke was moving the ball that time. And you'll notice not a single one of those was a rush play. Right, right. They were just throwing the ball the entire time. And he was great. He was great. He was an A-plus quarterback on that drive. He was the best in the NFL on that drive. He was a – what's this? He was elite on that drive. You could not do anything better than what he did on that drive. Why can't we get that more often? screen to Jahan Dotson. What's that? Said You said he couldn't have done anything better. I said minus that wide receiver screen to Jahan Dotson. Yeah, that was a play call, right? He no, got to he just can't. No, he cannot throw those screens to save very his well. life. Okay. I don't know what it is, but when he's throwing from from center to sideline, yeah, he just it just takes too long. The defense yep. gets That's there, true. and it's scary. I, it's true. scary. But what? But but the the baffling thing is why we can't get that throughout the entire game. And but but it does show you. It does show you what he has that a lot of other quarterbacks don't have. And whatever you want to call it, you want to call it moxie, you want to call it balls, whatever it is. Jonathan Allen said Taylor Heineke has the biggest balls he's ever seen in a quarterback. Okay, and that's saying something. He's played with some some not very talented quarterbacks that have had that sort of um, um, uh, moxie about them as well in college and in the NFL. But there's just something about him when he is under pressure, when he has the game is on the line, and he has that urgency, he comes up big. And I just wish we could see that all the time because then we would never mention Carson Wentz. We would never talk about Sam Howell. But he just can't do it over the course of the game, and I don't get it. A lot of people, to include our man Trev, calling for Carson Wentz. I like this one from Mm -hmm. Tougher Guy. It's Taylor Heineke just prospers in chaos. There's something about it that – that, and I mentioned this before. Watching him is like every play is almost broken down now. He is a broken play. He's gotten rid of that a little bit, but that's still there. That that fourth and four to Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. I, I think there was probably somebody open there a little bit before, but he didn't go for it. And then he kind of scrambles and you're thinking, okay, is he going to run for the four yards? And he kind of strings it out and he just makes that beautiful pass. 
And it was kind mm -hmm. of, it was interesting. Now this comment from metaphor, I disagree with, but I'm interested where you stand on this. The scheme needs to have fast tempo offense more often throughout the game, not just at the end when down. That's when he succeeds. Oh, well, well, it's curious. I don't have any problem with that statement. I, I happen to agree with it. I don't know that he's going to be successful at it, but I think when you do, when he's out there and whoever said it earlier that he, he excels in chaos, right? And that's kind of what an up-tempo system is. It's kind of chaotic. It's go, go. Don't think about it. Just do. Get your guys lined up. Get your, get your line protected properly. Get the ball and go, right? That's what a fast tempo does. And he does excel in that. But there's obviously something. Look, we're not we're not privy to what goes on in the locker room. We're not privy to what goes on in the meeting rooms. So we don't know why Scott Turner and Ron Rivera don't do not trust him to do that throughout the course of the game. But there's got to be a did, reason. They did play a little um, did, up tempo. Yeah, I, did I was, see I was surprised uh, when they did that uh, early on, and it did seem to work for them. But the reason why I disagree with this is because this is an offense that thrives on ball control okay and if you're playing sure. up tempo you're taking what would be a 10 minute drive okay down to a five minute drive that sure. puts your defense or less, back, or less and that puts yeah. your defense back out in that position which you don't want them our defense is much better when it's well rested when they don't have that time mm -hmm. uh in between they're they're going to struggle right yeah. they're, they had an amazing second half uh after kind of putting up a little bit of a stinker in the the first half. Mm -hmm. You know, not I mean they had a great first couple of drives against there. They they forced the fumble after four plays. They did give up 22 yards, but they forced that fumble. Then they had uh three and out uh, with uh three plays negative 5 yards. But then they allowed eight plays 45 yards. They allowed five plays 81 yards. That was that big uh pass play to Slayton on that mm -hmm. one. Um, and then 13 plays for 66 yards and ending with a field goal. So, uh, but a large portion of that was if you look at what happened in between those, uh, the particular touchdown play that they had, the offense was out there for three plays, nine yards, two minutes. So they, they were just out there. The defense was out there for eight plays, three in uh, nearly four minutes, gave up a field goal is immediately back out there and mm -hmm. gives up the touchdown. You can't put your defense in that. We said that these work together. It's kind of like the pass protection or, or not the pass protection. It's kind of like the the rushing. Uh, our defensive end, our defensive line is going to thrive when the coverage is good. And the coverage is going to uh, be good when the defensive line's playing well. Yeah. And when you're not work in that symbiotic relationship things don't work well the offense has to do well in this case they have to have those long drives so if you bring it up tempo all the time you're putting yourself in a bad position especially if you don't make it look at the daniel jones three big pass plays if you're going up tempo if you're playing that kind of college ball where you go three pass plays and you don't take any time off the clock all you're doing is giving the other team the chance to score mm -hmm, can't mm -hmm. afford to do it. So that's why, uh, and, and so metaphors clarifying here, wouldn't, wouldn't say do it often, but more. Do it once or twice in the first half if previous drives are stinkers. Maybe that's the case. And like I said, they did that this time. There was uh, I was surprised to see it. They, weren't, they didn't huddle up. They didn't snap it right away, but they, at least they didn't huddle up. They were trying to get them kind of there. And 
uh, Bosky wants to know why are we still doing you know RPOs? Yeah, well, I don't know if they're I don't know if we're doing RPOs. Um, it's not really a run pass option. It's it's really a read option, which is a little bit different than an RPO. But a, a read option is: Am I going to hand it off or am I going to run it? Whereas RPO is: Am I going to uh, you know run it or pass it? But we do. Everybody wants to see Taylor use his legs more, and that's another thing that we don't. And I think that's what what they're saying. Why what Bosky is saying is that we all want to see Taylor running more because that's what that's what differentiates him between a lot of other quarterbacks is the use of his legs. I mean, he got famous because of what he did in that Tampa game. Right. right. When he got out and he was using his legs all over the place. That's what makes him a little bit different. That's what gives him an advantage over these other quarterbacks. Cause you know, it's not his arm, you know, it's not his ability to, to throw guys open or anything like that. So he has to use his legs and he's not, they're not designing plays like that. That's another thing. But again, there has, maybe the reason is, they don't want to risk him out there because Sam Howell is your backup, and they don't want Sam Howell anywhere near a live football game when the playoffs are right there in their grasp. So that could be why why they're doing that. But it was also in that second half they had two they had back to back drives where they had an eleven play drive and a twelve play drive, and they ate up over fourteen minutes of time and got zero points out of that. And they didn't even go that far. I mean, it was a total of somewhere around like 75 or 80 yards in the two two drives combined, 23 mm-hmm. plays, and they went like 80 yards and got zero points out of that. And that that's hard to overcome. They just the, – the overall thing is they're not good enough from the quarterback position to overcome these mistakes, these fumbling in your own end, your own red zone, your whatever, your own 20 your penalties that get you backed up to second and 20 and things like they're just not. Yeah. They're good not good behind the sticks at all. Yeah, yeah. You brought up uh, one thing I think that's kind of important. And before I move on to this particular next topic, that I want to hit, they got a fumble recovery. Mm-hmm. They turned it into three points. Giants get that fumble recovery. They turned it into seven. That's yeah. a big difference by the end of the game. I mean, and, and that's not the only kind of difference that happened. I'm I'm not quite here with P4 a little bit with this, but mainly he's going to bring us to our next next topic here, which is we should have won the game. Uh, he brings up Sly missing that field goal. Where where do you stand? Should we have won, or should that the Giants have won? Both teams had plenty of opportunity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which team should have won? Because I've seen a lot of Giants fans, a lot of people are talking about the refs. If you look at Giants Twitter, they're complaining about the refs. We're mm-hmm. complaining about the refs. There was definitely a lot of strange no calls, uh, some that were difference makers. Terry McLaurin was absolutely interfered with at the three-yard line by Fabian yeah. Moreau. The guy who's seeing it throws the flag, convinced to pick it up. I don't know what mm-hmm. happened there, but that, that, that would have been a difference maker. But then on the flip side, Stoner, you also had when the Giants were driving, you had F.A. Obata like on top of the Giants offensive line as they snapped the ball. But because it was the hurry up and uh, and just um, spike it, mm-hmm. they didn't call anything. Right. That would have been a free five yards. That would have actually put them within, you know, five and yards range. for yeah. that goal range. And said we got lucky there. So who should have won this game? 
Well, let me say just from an overall standpoint, Washington should have won the game because they outplayed the New York Giants uh, overall. They they whooped them in every aspect of the game, more yards, more first downs. Uh, the turnovers were equal. The time of possession was huge in Washington's favor, especially the second half was insane how bad we beat them up in the second half. But, again, you can't overcome those penalties. You can't overcome that um, that Percy Butler penalty. You can't overcome the missed field goal, all of those things. And then when it got to overtime, the Giants should have won the game. The Giants absolutely should have won the game once you got into overtime because they played better and they just had more opportunities in overtime. Luckily, their kicker didn't have the leg for whatever reason. It wasn't that far of a field goal. Was it 58? Grant I mean, no missed, missed the – That's uh, far, but yeah, he should yeah. be able to make those. And uh, and why didn't we have anybody back there to catch the uh, – Oh, try to run goal? it out? Yeah. yeah. Why not? You had nothing to lose. It was the end of the game, right? Why not try and run it back? I, I that mean, would have been something. That would have been something. I, I think in the I NFL? Umbridge with uh, – Yes, absolutely, they can. Okay, you don't remember the Devin Hester run back off of a missed uh, field goal? Um, I don't remember that, but I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. put Jahan Dotson back there. Let's see if something happens. I, I, I take a little bit, uh, like I said, umbrage with the uh, with you saying that the Giants should have won. Their first drive was four plays for nine yards, mm-hmm. and they had to punt it away. That was Washington's chance to win, and yeah. that's where they missed because they were even. You know they got into Giants territory. Yeah, yeah, and then and then got what exactly happened? They had a was there a penalty on that one, or was that just a bad play? Brian Robinson right for two yards. Curtis Samuel right for uh, twenty one yards. Brian Robinson left for three yards. Then left Brian Robinson left for negative three yards. Yeah, Taylor so Heineke passed short. Uh, to Curtis Samuel only for a yard, and so you ended up at a fourth and nine. You took that first and ten after a huge 21-yard run, and you go nowhere. Now, part of that was, and this is to your point earlier about this offensive line not being actually that good at run blocking, and this is something I said two weeks ago. I want to be good at running the ball when the team, the opposing team knows we have to run it. Yeah, that didn't happen. And we – Ran Brian Robinson left tackle negative three yards. Yeah, and that forced a Taylor Heineke pass. And again, Curtis Sam, I don't know. It's a third and ten. You're trying to win the game. I don't know why we're throwing a one yard pass. Maybe give your your team a little bit better chance there. But it happens. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you can you say the teams kind of played evenly in that overtime, but I thought they had obviously the better chance. I mean, they're the only ones that attempted a field goal. So they had that Washington. I think I felt like Washington was closer and let me, let me verify that. So Washington did get all the way to the opposing team's 41 yard line. And that's actually the best because the giants got to the 45 and that's where it was that weird fourth and three. And they took the the penalty. Look, this whole day ball day ball is a coaching genius uh, narrative from the beginning of the season. You can throw all that out because, he got out coached. He even admitted it in his press conference. He said, I got out coached. Ron, Ron Rivera coached circles around me. I made that part up, but I'm, I'm saying he said he got out coached. So, and, and we saw it out there. I'm surprised they didn't do the last year's uh, Jake from 
kneeling or something when they were down in a game or whatever. What was that? Was, was the QB sneaks. They, they called QB like sneaks. three QB sneaks in a row. Uh, it was most bizarre play on here. So yeah. let's go ahead and move on here to these go-goes and yeah. no-goes. Who do you got? Let's let us know in the comment section right now while you're typing those out. Make sure you go down there, hit that like button, hit us up. Make sure that uh, you're supporting the channel that way. That's all it takes. And by and by the way, to add on to that, uh, we're only about seven subscribers away from two thousand. So if you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button. And if you have, tell your friends. We're seven away. Seven. It might be even closer now, but my personal goal for us right now is to get to ten thousand because I found out if we get to ten k, we can actually do the donations right here on our YouTube channel. We don't have to send you away. You just you just hit that super chat button, and the yeah, donation yeah. for that video goes directly to the organization that we want it to go to. Oh, so ten cool. k is the next goal. Well, two k is the next goal. But as we make our steps, we'll get to ten k eventually. So we appreciate all the support there. But let's get it going on the go-go's and no-go's. We got a couple already in the chat. Mm -hmm. Some uh, absolute studs in there as well. What do, you, what do you want me to go with first? Go-go. Give me a go-go's. Go okay. Yeah, so always go-go's first. Uh, I think I'm going to go with, uh, since we haven't um, seen or heard him heard from him since early on in the year, but Jahan Dotson, you see what he can do when you put him in space and get him the ball in space. And I thought uh, Jahan was very good uh, this game, especially that touchdown pass. Like you said, that was 10% Heineke. It was 90% Dotson on that play. Poor tackling on the Giants, but whatever. You can you can chalk that up to Dotson making them look foolish, trying to make the tackle. So, yeah, let's give uh, Jahan Dotson some love for uh, showing up and making some plays. Jahan Dotson's my go-go. Yep, nine targets, five catches, 54 yards in the touchdown as well. The game-tying touchdown kept it going. We got a lot of love in here as well for Brian Robinson. He had himself a day as well, great. 21 carries, 96 yards. He also had a he had two catches for 15 yards. Starting to see him a little bit more in the passing game, which I think is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. I want to see more two, two back sets. Get them both yeah. out there. Yeah, and then let's not get – uh, caught up in our feelings, Brian Robinson is RB one on this team, easily. Yep. I, I I mean I still think Gibson is the going to be the more productive back at the end, but that's just because he's going to be doing so much more. EP with the scoreboard and Deron Payne. Deron Payne had himself a game. Absolutely he's great. It's it's like I say with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, they're they like automatically they're like in the go go Hall of Fame. Let's just put them up there in the Hall of Fame. They don't need any more votes. Okay, they're in. So we don't even have to call them out for their go-go's because they're always been out. Terry McLaurin, I have a I have a good little trivia for you here with Terry McLaurin here a bit. Yeah, a lot of Deron Payne's B Robs. Uh let's uh let me give me my go-go before we move on to the no-go's here. And mine's gonna be Curtis Samuel. Uh, he he also this is this is a game, they're coming off of a game where Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel had one target and zero catches. Hmm. to going to a total of 16 targets in the past game, 11 catches, Curtis Samuel wow. six for 63. And then he also had three rushes for 23 yards. Now, granted that one for 21 is kind of mm -hmm. booing that a little bit, but uh, just a great day all right the way around for the wide receivers. These three wide receivers showed up 
and did their thing. And I want to keep seeing that. And we'll see where we go with Taylor Heineke on that one because who is he going to be consistent enough getting those balls to the playmakers? By the way, 12 targets for Terry McLaurin, who had himself 105 yards. I'm going to give you your chance to tell me. He, Terry McLaurin has had four 100-plus yard rushing or not rushing, but receiving games this year. Can you name who they're against? Indy, right? Um, the last game before this one, which was who did we play the last game before? I can't remember. Whoever it was, we had the. the are you saying they had it against Atlanta, Houston, yes. Philadelphia, or Minnesota? Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta, forty-eight yards against Atlanta. You how many? Correct. One hundred thirteen against Indianapolis, yeah. but forty-eight against Atlanta. Oh, then it must have been Houston. Incorrect again. Oh wow. Okay, I thought it was very five yards against Houston. You're not necessarily too far off. It was in November. one hundred twenty-eight yards against Philadelphia. Yes. So he's got one against the Giants, one against Philadelphia, one against Indianapolis. Can you name that last one? Green Bay. Nope. No, he had he had that. Uh, Terry's down there somewhere catch 73 yards and a touchdown on that one uh definitely wasn't the bears i don't think anybody caught 40 41 yards on that anything against the bears you got the lions you got the jags you got the uh cowboys so so far Uh, the vikings i don't know it was the eagles the second twice He's, he's had three four 100-yard receiving games, three of them have come against division opponents, and Mm. that's what I like to see. It was week three. He had six catches on nine targets for 102 yards. Mm. Love Mm. me, Terry. Absolutely just golden for a go-go there. Quick uh, five-second rant. Um, They're going to waste. They're going to waste the Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson uh, trio the talent that they have if they don't figure out this quarterback position. And they so they have to figure that out because you have three absolute studs in that receiving core, and you're going to waste it with – I mean, you're already kind of wasting Terry's because of all the quarterbacks he's been through. And but if you Terry rewinds. John Dotson's on a rookie deal – yeah, Curtis right, Samuel is right. the one who's going to be gone by the time a QB comes here because yeah. Curtis Samuel only has one more year on that three-year deal that he signed. Let's get to the no-goes there. Now okay. we've talked about all these golden boys that we've got. Let's get to the no-goes. Yeah, I know people are going to want to say like the referees and 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 all that and the O-line, of course, but I think it was Scott Turner on this one. I just thought he 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 got out of his lane. He got out of his what has been working for him so far this year with, with the extra tight ends in for blocking and pass protection and all that. And I don't they must have saw something on film where they thought that they could handle this defensive line with their five offensive linemen. They must have figured that that's what they could do, and that was their game plan. But I thought it was a poor game plan, uh, offensive game plan. And so I have Scott Turner as my no-go. I think that's fair. I liked uh, HT here with his – uh, Washington red zone play calling just continues to be awful. Uh, specifically, HT is talking about that first drive after the fumble. Three points. You get mm-hmm. down to the 20 yard line, you come away with three points. Now, the Giants have been pretty stingy about, about their red zone defense, 
but you just got to turn those into more points when you're down there. You cannot consistently do that. You're not going to like my no-go. There's there's a couple ones in here. Smitty Jr. going for Logan Thomas, Christian Holmes in there, uh, Mm -hmm. Norb Turner from Commandalorian going all the way back, blaming the dad. uh, (laughs) Stakes there. (laughs) Joey Sly has got to make that 52-yarder. That's my no-go. I know I picked on him before just teasing about the extra point. I mean, he is coming off an excellent month where he was November's, you know, special teams player of the month for the NFL. Yeah. But you pay the guy to make those 52 yarders. He has the leg. It ends up going just wide, right. And that was, that to me was the difference maker in the end. I kept saying it on the live stream. We're going to look back at that missed field goal as the chance that got away. And you got to overcome that. That was, that was in the first half. There's no, it wasn't second half. Okay. It was second half, but the, you know, the thing is, is yes, you got to overcome it. There's still time on the clock, but that, that right there, if he makes that 52 yarder, you, you end up, you know, in control. You were still playing from behind at that time. It was 20 to 13. Okay. And he misses that field goal. That should have been 20 to 16. Uh, The next drive, that touchdown drive should have been what put you over the top. And then you just trust your defense to do its thing. Yeah. You got to make that. Yeah, instead you just didn't uh, didn't get there. So he's been really good though. Yes, Yam, absolutely. Uh, you know, seven for eight. I, I'm not saying on the year that he's bad. Um, just it, that you when you're looking it. at specifically at this game and what could have been what you could have done different, making a 52 yarder's got to be at the top of that list. I agree. I, I don't have any problem with that. Absolutely, he's been very good, but you got to make that kick. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and move on to the payup time. All right. Let's see how we did here uh, on the payup. Again, I'll get a full graphic on for our next day after reckoning, which will be in a couple weeks as Washington hits that by. But let's uh, let's see where we got. Hopefully, I got a working pin here. There we go. All right. So first of all, let's do the scores. Uh, Nathan had Washington twenty-two to eighteen. That was pretty close. Trev had Washington 23 to 16. That's pretty close. Stoner had it 20 to 19. I had the Giants win in 20 to 19. Sto- excuse me. Stoner wins that one, although there's no dollar on that one. I don't think anybody wins on this one. I think in a tie. 20 to 19. That man, doesn't that matter. Right doesn't matter. You still had a team winning. And no team won. Okay. All right. We had some really good dollar dollars this week. And and I haven't even checked these. So um you're going to have to let me know kind of what All the right. stats are. Stoner and Nathan said that Washington would have less than four sacks on Daniel Jones. I think they had four, but we said less than four. Yeah, we, we were going to say Was it four? Washington had four? He They did have four sacks, so Trev, Trev's going to win that one. Trev won a dollar there. Uh, Stoner said that Daniel Jones would have over 45 rushing yards. He did. And Nathan and Trev went against that. He yeah, definitely he had, had 71 yards on 12 rushes. By the way, interesting rushing statistic from New York on this one. I know that they have more running backs in their yeah. stable because we saw them. But in the box score, you only see Dan Jones and Saquon Barkley. That's it. 30 rushes, 134 yards. Just those two guys. Just those two guys. And I thought they did, by the way, very well in kind of bottling up 
Saquon Barkley. Um, even but Dan Jones, Daniel Jones after, hurt you though. Even after the after the first half, I really think they did a great job bottling up both. But that first half, they were giving up some really big chunk plays, and both had a long run of twenty one yards there. Mm-hmm. All right, this is the one that I had almost given us a dollar as soon as we made it because I thought it was such an easy one. But Trev said that Heineke would have zero interceptions and one fumble. And it's exactly what he had. So Treff won that one. That's unbelievable that he nailed that one. Um, Stoner and Nathan both said Sly would not miss a kick. So oh, my one. goodness. Sly, you let me down even in dollar dollar? Yeah. I'm not Trev, doing well here. That's four misses in a row for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Trev's, Trev's rolling. Um, but then, you know, just keep Trev going and he'll he'll make some really bad yeah. dollar dollars. That's 52 yard miss. I'm just I keep thinking it. I'm just like, man, what a difference maker that would have been. Oh, even more than the penalties, even more than you know, the fumbles, which the fumbles I felt were a problem. Brian Robinson got got called for one fumble. He actually gave up the ball another time, but the play was already called dead. Mm. I don't think it was called dead, and then he was just like, Okay, I'm just gonna go with the ball. I think it was. He was still pushing. Play was called dead, and then the ball got knocked out. Oh, wow. So Brian Robinson is probably going to be holding on to the ball all by week long to make sure that doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. Because I don't believe he even ever fumbled in college. So that's the first time he's ever actually put the ball on the ground uh, since college at all, ever. Trev said that uh, Tressway would draw a penalty. I don't know why he said that, but that was didn't happen. I'm thankful to get the dollar. Yep. We'll take it. Nathan said Tressway would have less than five punts. Oh, I don't he, know how many he had. He did, he did not have less than five. All right. He did not have less than five. He ended up with six punts for ah. 265 yards, four inside the 20. We need to vote this man in for the, the Pro Bowl here. Who yeah. went against me on that one? Uh, both Stoner and Trev. All right, I'm continuing my downhill slide this week. Uh, yes, you are, and it's it shall continue with the next one. Trev said that Terry would have 99-plus receiving yards, which he did. Terry McLaurin? Yep, so Trev won that one. And who was Stoner, against him? Stoner and Nathan both went against it. Why am I going against my man, Terry? Why did I do that to I myself? Know. Stoner said that Saquon would have over 100 yards. He did not. So Trev and Nathan won that one. All right. So you got but one back there. He was looking. He was looking pretty good there for a long yeah, time. Out of that 134 yards, though, he was outrushed by Daniel Jones. He had 63 yards on the day, good for three and a half yards per carry. Again, I think Washington's defense did a good job. Very good job. Him late, not so good early. We saw a lot of that with Atlanta, where they did the outside, then the inside, and they, the Giants were kind of taking that same thing, and then finally the Washington commanders kind of came to and were like, no, we can't, we can't allow these guys to rush on us. Yep. Um, Stoner said that Washington would not have a rushing touchdown. They did not. So Stoner won that. Nathan and Trev went against it. You're having a really bad day. There. Really bad day. You know how bad of a day I'm having? I'm pretty sure I had a parlay on, uh, on that too. I think I had a rushing touchdown on a, one of my parlays. Oh, really? I had I took a parlay with the Cowboys last night, by the way, just off you know, off subject here. And you know, I went to bed early, but I saw my parlay was kind of going really well. And then I saw they scored 54 points. And one of my uh one of the one of the things in the parlay was Dak would have 
250 yards passing. He didn't even get close. He had like 175. They scored 54 points. How did he not throw for at least 250 yards? I was blown away by it. Anyway. Yeah, I had him throwing for more than 199, and he didn't even get there. <laughs> didn't that. even get there. I was, I thought I was, I was, I was on cue to win that one, that parlay, and that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, by the way, metaphor brings up a great point here. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to look at the full score. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Washington wins in regulation, mm-hmm. Trust Way only has four punts. Yeah, well, we didn't say in regulation. We nope. said in the game. No, we don't have that one. All right, Trev said that Washington would have a punt return over 20 yards. And I don't believe any. I don't know that they had any return yards, did they? Or See, no, Erickson did yeah. one. Erickson had four punt returns for twenty-six yards, the longest of fourteen. Oh, he got kind of close, but Stoner and Nathan won that one. Erickson's been doing okay back there. Not, I mean, it's, it's just like Dax Mill. Nothing, nothing special, right. but you know, real realistically, you just want your punt returner to just not fumble the ball, right? You want them to just keep it or maybe yeah. make some make if, if make some positive yards great every now and then you're going to get a Devin Hester people's Jones had a uh, kind of Josh Cribs like run back yesterday mm-hmm. for the Browns but realistically you're not going to have a Mitchell right That's you're not right. going to ha- you're not going to have someone like that who's going to be you know a, a playmaker you just need somebody who's consistent Erickson and Dax Milne have been providing that um, Trev, and this is the last one. Trev said the Giants would go three and out on the first drive. I don't, I don't know what they do. Who, who's a three and out? The Giants. The Giants were not a three and out on their first drive. All right. Stoner they were four out. plays and a fumble. Oh, oh man, they went four plays. Yeah. Well, there you go. I don't know what the numbers are. Yeah, I'll do the numbers later because uh, I don't want everybody to know how bad I was that day. I mean, that well, was, I'll, I'll I'll you know negative three. I was a negative three. That's, That's it? That was it. Yeah, surprisingly enough. Come back at the end. Yeah. Uh, Trev was even on the day, I think. Wow. Right. So, no, sorry. Trev was plus one. I think that's the first time we've ever seen him in positive numbers. <laughs> right. And you were at plus one. So, actually – I will say a four-point swing isn't the end of the world for me. Wasn't the greatest, but not the end of the world. Last thing, Deshaun Jackson. That's a good one, uh, HG. Absolutely. That's another um, one back there. I was. Uh, I thought maybe he was asking about um, James Thrash. That's what I was mm. thinking. That's probably going too far going back. way right? back. That's going way back. Oh, uh, a, not white sure, a, white, a white guy that we had from Philadelphia – uh, wide receiver a few season goes. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe James Thrash. He wasn't white, but he was light skinned. So yeah, know, if, if you can think of it for our man Smitty, make sure you hit that in the comment section. One last thing to talk about today before mm-hmm. we close out, sir, yep. is a tie. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Washington going forward? Well, it, it's, I mean, it's just kind of what everybody is talking about is wh- where do you put this? How does it, how does it work for you? Can it, it can be good. It can be bad. We all know it. it's not as good as a win. It's not as bad as a loss, but here, here's what I'll just say about that. The last playoff spot is going to either be the giants or the commanders period. And this next game in two weeks against Washington is going to decide that because of this tie. 
Okay. If, if it was a win or a loss for either team, then it'd be totally different. But because of that tie, I truly believe that one of those two teams are going to take that seventh spot, probably at nine, seven, and one. I was about to say last week or la- on Wednesday, you said that 10 wins is what mm-hmm. you needed. And I agree with you now. Nine is nine is the magic number. Well, nine is the magic number because of that tie, mm-hmm. right? That That's why you're saying nine is the magic number. Because mm-hmm. I don't think a nine win Seattle team is going to, because they're going to be nine and eight, right? And I don't think a team like Seattle is going to get to 10 wins. You know, if they don't win their division or San Francisco, who knows what's going to happen now that they're on their third string quarterback. So I think uh, it's all going to come down this next week. This next game in two weeks in Washington at FedEx Field is probably going to decide the seventh playoff spot because I believe they're they're going to be seven, five and one when they get there. They're going to lose to the Eagles this week. We're going to be seven, five and one. And the team that's ends up at seven, six and one, they're in deep, 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 deep trouble. If the Giants do lose to the Eagles next week, which is likely, uh, as EP points out here, we have the leg up because we do have a division win, and the Giants will then be 0-3-1. And, and so if that game, then we beat the Giants, we're looking pretty good here. The great Watubi showing up and giving us some love. Giving That's us what he normally is. 50-cent donation, half a Super Chat. For a tie. That's hilarious. I, I do think that the tie is going to benefit Washington in the end. I think uh, so. It, it's it's obviously not a it's not a win. You a win would do more for Washington, but a tie keeps us in the running to include against Seattle, who who is not a guarantee to win those games, but is looking fairly decent. I agree with you. I think the last playoff position, whether or not it's the seventh or the sixth. Is going to come down to Washington or the Giants, and I think Washington has a leg up. Maybe it's because of what Caleb says here, an easier schedule. Jimmy G is out for the 49ers. We'll be touching on that subject this Wednesday, so you're going to want to make sure you tune in for that. We'll be back on Wednesday at 7.30 right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, as always. It's been a great chat, and I think Washington is okay. I have actually, sorry, before I actually do close out. Yeah. One last thing. I am not wearing the onesie because Washington did not win. That's good. Perp makes perfect sense, right? Yes. My question is, for you, Stoner, and for the chat here, do I, when Washington beats the Giants in two weeks, which will be a Sunday night football game, which we'll be talking about our feelings on that again on Wednesday, mm-hmm. when Washington beats the Giants that Sunday night, do I continue wearing the commander's onesie or do I have to, so when they lose, I have to refresh it. Do I refresh it off of a tie? Yes. Technically they're, they're, they're still on a winning right, streak. But, but they didn't win. It, you can say you change it during, with a loss, but you can also say you change it when you don't win and you didn't win in this case, in the standings, it's not a loss. In the onesie standings, it's a loss. So I got to switch it. You we at least get great with Tubi here saying we yeah. got to switch it. Type in the chat, switch <laughs> or keep it. Mandalorian says butt naked. Hey, this manscaped body is looking pretty sharp right now. So maybe, just maybe, oh. EP on the switch it out as well. Uh, Johnny, to answer your question, let's say Giants lose during our bye week. They'll be 7-5-1 and one just like us. We win the tiebreaker. Division record is going to matter there. Uh, so that's the yeah, important but- part. Division, they, they'll have a worse division record and a worse 
conference record at that point, which is why it will, it will give us the leg up after next week. And then you got to beat the Giants to further put them behind. Yeah, and that's all true, of course, but you're playing each other the next week. That's going to be the tiebreaker. Whoever wins that game will then obviously have the leg up. But it, uh, you're right. If it does come back to the next tiebreaker, yeah. then uh, then you you will go to the division record and and we'll be on top there. Yeah, we got to finish finish out the season strong to make sure that this tie doesn't matter. Gregory, last zing right here that I'm going to give the the crowd is I can't believe the NFL watched yesterday's game and said yes, this is what we want for Sunday night football. Well, but it's just the importance of the game. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It is a it's very almost, important game. It is a it's very almost game. a playoff game this week. The loser is in big, big, big trouble because you have to overcome that tiebreaker and you have to, you have to go past the other team. And also possibly, you know, the Seattle slash San Francisco loser of the West. So, yeah, this last week I said was not a must win. And, I, and I'm kind of proven right here because – they're still right there. Now it's a must win. This is the biggest game in the last couple of years. This is a monster. And we got to show up at FedEx on Sunday Night Football. Absolutely. We will be there for that Sunday Night Football. We will also be back right here on our YouTube channel, Facebook, and Twitter at 730 on Wednesday, where we are going to be talking about the bye week. We're going to be talking about our season awards up to this point. So you're not going to want to miss out on that. And until next time. Yes, sir. Be a fan.